At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Big Bets here on VEASAN. Dave Ross and Amal Shaw here at South Point Casino and Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. And we've got a great show today. As we always do on a Wednesday, I'm all going to get the numbers from Steve Mackin and our VEASAN editor. Later on this hour, top of the hour, I'm going to have Joe Sheehan join us to talk all things World Series. And now we have a new favorite in said World Series with the Phillies. We'll get to that in a second. And then JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, is going to join us uh, to talk all things NBA in hour number two as well. But let's get back to what we saw last night. My goodness, uh, Bryce Harper, I don't know if he's been declared the best player in baseball again, but he is the reigning MVP. We'll see how that vote comes out in the National League this year. But he's playing like it in the big stage right now. It, It feels like the moment it might be Bryce's in the Phillies. They are now the betting favorite at minus $1.40 to win the World Series. Astros now a, a small underdog at plus $1.20. A long way to go here, Maul, but last night, you know, McCullers is tipping his pitches, and well, the Phillies weren't missing them, that's for sure. They definitely weren't. Uh, incredible performance by the offense. Get the 7-0 win. I thought uh, Ranger Suarez was tremendous. Yeah. Uh, I was a little bit surprised they pulled him after five, but I looked. It was interesting to me. I love the guys that they used in the back end of that game. Nobody that you're going to utilize in game four and five. So the way Philadelphia's bullpen shapes up now, it's in great position because you're going to have in game four and game five, you can tax these guys. It's only back-to-back games, and then you're going to have a day of rest in between, and then they'll be able to go in game six or seven. So uh, Philly in a great position. You know, you're at home. you got two more games. I don't know if they close it out, but good opportunity. If you're Houston, you better find the bats. I don't know. Maybe there's somebody in Philadelphia that can help kind of hit the drum out there. You know, I asked it when San Diego, when it was tied up at one, I was like, hey, are, are, when we come back, and that was over the weekend, mm-hmm. 
you know, will we still be talking about this series? And we both thought it would get back to San Diego. It never did. I mean, I think it's going to get back to H-Town here. But right now, it can't be set up any better for the Phillies. That rain delay and, and backing it up game three one day to last night, I think really has helped set all, also their, their bullpen, as you mentioned, with the blowout win. But really now the starters going forward. So you look at this going forward here, when you've got Noah and Wheeler waiting in the wings, I mean, Rob Thompson's got all the cards and he can play them however he wants now. Well, from a pitching standpoint, I thought that game worked out perfectly well for the Philadelphia Phillies. Ranger Suarez, I think there were 74 or 75 pitches last night. He's mm-hmm. going to be a guy that's available for you in a game six, maybe probably more likely game seven situation if necessary. Obviously, if you're Philadelphia, you're thinking, hey, we don't even want to go back to Houston, but uh, good position to be in with this team right now. But in terms of the matchup tonight, Christian Javier, this is a guy who's a really good pitcher. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised, though, to see the Phils are a favorite tonight with Nola on the mound because Nola has not pitched at an elite level in this postseason. You look at his last two starts, Dave, across nine innings, he's given up 11 earned runs, including four bombs. Yeah, it, that, it is interesting here when you look at Nola and, and being the small favorite tonight. And again, the total is seven and a half that we're seeing here. If you want to go run line on the Strohs, I'm seeing get uh, plus dollar fifty-five. Is this it better be the night you would think for the Strohs to get those bat, uh, bats to bounce back? Because if not, you could be staring down the barrel of elimination if you can't beat Nola tonight with Wheeler waiting in the wings. Yeah, that would be a tough challenge, especially with the way Verlander is pitched. You can't have an extreme level of confidence in him at this point in time, simply because he's been inconsistent. And you expect. Uh, Potentially, I, I saw right now tentatively Syndergaard is slated for Game Five. Wow! And I wonder if they're trying to do that because you would have Framber and Wheeler potentially in Game Six, or do you save Wheeler for Game Seven? I don't know what they're trying to do. That's interesting. Yes, yeah, that's the part I don't get because you could again, if you're going Noah today, you would assume that you would come back with Wheeler, and then if the, the series does get extended to yeah. seven, maybe Wheeler can come back in some capacity. You know, in a limited three, three, we've seen guys do that. Mad Bum did it back in the day. Maybe get three, four innings out of that guy. I don't know that I wait another day and keep backing him up as you're racing the hole. I think you got to use him sooner than later. I tend to agree with you. Um, it would be interesting to see. I, I mean, you use Wheeler on Thursday potentially. But to me, I think it might change if they were to lose the game today. Okay. If they lose this game tonight, then I think you might come with wheels tomorrow, try to get the edge. Uh, but if you win, you got the luxury of holding him and pitch Noah? Absolutely, because Wheeler's a guy you might sit there and say, "Hey, Zach, we need you to get three innings. We got a four-four-two right. lead in the in Game Five at home. Let's get out there and bring him in there and see what he can do." I, I'm not sure how they'll approach it, but it's just something to consider. Uh, yesterday, I believe the total was eight. It looked like it was going to get there, and yeah. then it just died in the vine at seven. Uh, once the game really got out of hand there. What do you make of tonight's matchup here? From when we mentioned Noah and Javier, that Noah has not been maybe aces so far but seven and a half is a tricky one there uh do you think we're gonna get more of a because two one now every at bat matters it feels like tense it could get a little bit tense in philadelphia tonight yeah this is an interesting one i think noel is going to pitch better than he has really can't pitch worse so i I think i'm stating the obvious there (laughs) but um you know the reality is javier is a guy who's very capable um to me, it comes down to can this Houston offense get it going? Now, look, overall, outside of yesterday, they've done a pretty decent job. They put up 10 runs in the first two games, not yeah. a bad number. You look at this Philadelphia team, they managed to put up 15 runs across the three games. But uh, I'm going to kind of take a tentative approach, wait and see. I see the game total now here at VEASAN.com has gone down to seven. So I would probably look towards the over. I, I think both teams are going to find a way to get some runs here, especially Houston. You've got to get on the board. Look, even if um, McCullers pitched well yesterday, you still weren't winning that game if you don't score. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And again, we, we've talked about it for the last couple of weeks now. Ben Falks on, on Monday again about the, the guy that's got the ticket, the $50 ticket to cash 125K. If Houston won, it was a ticket he, he had uh, before the season began. And now said better, who said he was not going to hedge, is down two to one. Any advice for that uh, that wager out there now? Is it too late to get in and the die is cast? You had a great opportunity at the beginning of the series to get good good solid plus money. Now you'd have to lay some some price points. Yeah, you would just have to lay it, but I, I still would at this point in time, right? Like even if you were to lay 70 to win 50, yeah, you would chop off a, a leg, but you're still walking away with 50,000 either way, right? 55 if the Astros win, 50 if the Phillies win. I, look, there was ample opportunity. I, I can tell you this. A friend of mine and I were talking about this yesterday. There are so many opportunities, and you. The reality is, it's amazing to me. People that they're betting games before they start. Mm. You don't even need to do that anymore. Ninety percent of these games, unless you absolutely love a game, like let's say you loved uh, Tennessee against Kentucky, right? And they end up blowing them out. But the reality is, you can get so many better numbers in games. Think about this: Georgia against Florida. You could have gotten ten and a half first half instead of thirteen and a half. Michigan was trailing against Michigan State seven to three. Houston in this particular series falls behind one nothing. You could come back with a better number on the Strohs. Phillies, you could have come back with a better number after the series is tied at 1-1 or comparable number. So to me, if you're not hedging, if you're not looking at the end game, you're just not astute on it. And, and, and if you don't have access to it, then I would consider either not betting with that place or I would consider just shutting it down. It just doesn't make sense. You've got to have that opportunity because the numbers are constantly changing. It gives you an edge. Kelly knows this as well as anybody because he follows the NBA closely like I do. There's a million opportunities. Think about that Warriors game last night. Golden State is leading, getting smoked in the first quarter, leading the second and third quarter, and then Miami comes back and wins comfortably. Same thing in Oklahoma City yesterday. They're trailing against the Tragic. They come back and win. They dominate that game. I mean, the NBA is a game of runs. Saw it Sunday night with the Lakers. They were losing in the first half, losing in the third quarter by uh, seven to nine points. They end up winning the game comfortably. Yeah, it's a great point that it feels like it's the dinosaur, right, of, of – doing all these games, betting all these games before they've begun. You can just get a sense for them early on in a game. And if you do have a lean, you should certainly have a handicap uh, before that game begins. But once it starts to your point, then you can hop in, especially if it lines up with where you think this thing's going to end up to get the better of the numbers. Well, very few games are going to go like Miami, Nebraska, you know, in that national championship game where it's just wire-to-wire job. Right. My point being is that there's going to be opportunities. Games are back and forth. You can't get nervous if your team's down early or if they're trailing. I mean, we've seen it. Look at Philadelphia. Perfect example, game one. They're down 5 nothing. right? Like Houston's already thinking, all right, game two. This, I mean, boom, next thing you know, you're in a dogfight. Berlander right. gets rocked in the third and the fourth, or the fourth and the fifth, and next thing you know, you end up losing that game. So I think there's always opportunity. Look, if you like the Astros, you still can get a good plus price. They've got to obviously win this game, but you're not out of it. There's still great opportunities yeah, out now there. Now plus money for the Strohs backers out there if you think they're going to come back and win this World Series. Very quickly, the other big news of the day uh, came out of the nation's capital this morning uh, with the news that Dan Snyder, the owner of the Washington football team, uh, has gotten with Bank of America, I do believe, to look for potential um, uh, some money makers here to either sell the team, sell a portion of the team. Something is going on. He's moving money in Washington, D.C. And I know I, I was there in 1999 when he purchased the team, and I was covering that story way back then. Howard Milstein was supposed to be the guy that got it. Snyder was brought in, and he was looked at as kind of the shining savior, the guy that's going to really – this is the guy the NFL kind of came in the back door, and they're like, wow, this guy's going to be great. It has not worked out that well uh, in 20-plus years there in D.C. So a lot of people are, are rejoicing today that he's going to sell the team. That is not, in fact, fact. So I know it feels like the, those alarm bells have gone off so many times. This is it. This is the time he's going to sell the team. 
It does not mean that it's a done deal. And knowing that man as little bit as I do from the 20 years in D.C., he's not just going to give it up so he goes away and everybody's happy. Somebody's going to have to make him a ridiculous offer in order for Snyder to sell that team. But I know it's something the NFL would like to have happen to make it happen with all the bad news and bad publicity that he's brought uh, in recent months and years. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, you mentioned the negativity there for Washington. Obviously, it's been a major issue. But I got to tell you, from an Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants perspective, nobody's complained for the last two decades. Not at all. This team has been an absolute dumpster fire. Do you think it would affect look, the, the commanders have won three in a row? I, I don't think there's any. Yes, they are you clearly get, aware of what goes on in the front office and what's going on with the owner. But, you know, Ron Rivera's job is isolate the team, play football, and let that stuff play itself out. Are they playing HTTR right now? <laughs> Hail to, the, hail to the Redskins for people that don't know. They do HTTC now. Oh. Can you yeah. believe that? Like, dude, just stop trying to switch the team name every year to, as a distraction. Deal with your issues. And if you get an offer, sell the team. Everybody would be happy. I'm, I'm not worried about the name, but here's the thing for me. Stop trying to change quarterbacks. Find one and stick with them. I don't think they've got well, – Heineke's the best one they have. But that is not the guy that they're going to need for the duration. I, I would have tanked. I would have looked to get C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young – wouldn't have taken Will Levis, maybe Hendon Hooker, though. I do like them in a couple weeks against Fly Eagles Fly. I think they're going to play them much I, better. I think you like everybody against the Eagles because it helps your Cowboys. Love the Texans this week. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> much more to get to again. Steve Mackin's going to join us at the bottom of this hour. See his uh, trends and numbers he has for this week in the NFL. Talk some action next right here on Big Bets on the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, is that that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get everything VSIN has to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. Sign up now and get VSIN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl, which includes our pro picks, daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests, pro tools like our exclusive betting splits, pro tips with actionable insights to help up your betting game, deep dives daily into NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball playoffs, which is now going to Game 4 of the World Series, plus our upcoming college basketball, college bowl, and Super Bowl betting guides. Give yourself an edge. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe to get your $99 midseason special today. That's V-S-I-N dot slash subscribe. Back alongside them all, Shaw Dave Ross here. This is Big Bets on a Wednesday. On Tuesday, we said it yesterday. Like, I don't know how the ratings were for the World Series when you were going up against Maction. But it's back, baby. And now you got a football game, either college or pro, I believe, it goes all the way through Thanksgiving, Kelly. Is I saw right? this too the other day. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like thirty it's, straight days. It's like we, we got football every day. Yeah, pretty much every day. Yeah. It, I mean, it's fantastic. But you know, you're talking about action last night. It was actually a good game between uh, Kent and uh, Ball State last night, and uh, a plus seven was nice. And you called that yesterday in the show. You said you certainly would lean towards that seven. Uh, didn't even need it at the end of the day. There, one under, one over so far in action for those uh, keeping score. There, we've got a couple tonight in action. I got the Salukis going to take on Central Michigan, and I believe that's where the great uh, Cooper Rush comes to us from. So now you're going to lay six with Northern Illinois. What, which way would you lean here in that total 57 and a half? Well, first of all, I, I'll probably be one of the uh, three dumb people watching this game. Um, but other than that, I wouldn't bet this game. <laughs> It's just the reality. But this is a horrific matchup. You got two six and six teams really struggling. Um, I, I just wouldn't touch this football. Excuse me, I wouldn't touch this football game. Any lean uh, either way in the total, though? Like bad football, does it, no, does it beget uh, more scoring or less scoring? No, because in action, one of the problems is generally on a defense where you've got 11 players, only about five or six generally seem obliged to tackle. Yeah, <laughs> that's a problem. It really is. If, if, if tackling is going to be uh, optional. The other game tonight is uh, Western. Going to take on Bowling Green here. 
Uh, in this one, Bowling Green's going to lay five against Western Michigan, and that total very low for matching standards here at uh, 48. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll lay the points here with, with the uh, Falcons. I like them at home in this matchup. Uh, this is a decent squad. They've got a loss against Mississippi State and UCLA, mm -hmm. you know, in their other six games, four and two overall. But to me, the big thing with this team is they've gotten better defensively. They used to be an absolute sieve over the last few years. They've done a much, much better job. McDonald's been very effective for them. 16 touchdowns, just three INTs on the year. So done a nice job for them overall. Uh, so I would go with the, the more balanced team here in uh, Bowling Green Lane 5 in this one. Any potential correlated play here that if you're going to lay the number, which is now uh, at 5 here, that flat number 5, that maybe they roll and uh, maybe lean towards that over? No, I, I'm just sticking on, on a side here because Western Michigan's inconsistent offensively. Yep. Um, so for me, I'm not going to get involved in the total, but I like the five with uh, BG. All right, so there, uh, Amal's play there would be on Bowling Green and lay off the first game. Uh, in action tonight, and that one, of course, was Central Michigan against Northern Illinois. From college football to college basketball, uh, very quickly, I just want to mention this news out of Rock Chalk Jayhawk land, and it, uh, it's, it's self-imposed by Bill Self and Kansas. So it looks like Bill Self and the assistant, Curtis Townsend, and the Jayhawks imposed several recruiting restrictions as part of a fallout from the FBI investigation, if you remember that, back from 2017. So... The assistant, uh, Curtis Townsend, and Bill Self have a self-imposed four-game suspension. This is like, we don't want you to do anything to us, so we're going to do it to us, and then hopefully this is put to bed. Is it put to bed? Will this be the end of this? Because this has been going on and dragged out for a couple years now. Well, this is interesting. I mean, look, the games are probably taking a suspension. on It really doesn't matter. I mean, the only thing it does is impedes uh, Bill Self from being the only coach to be able to chase down uh, – Mike Krzyzewski's wins record a little bit sooner than later, but uh, I don't think this is a big deal for KU. All right, and, and you know, it's so interesting you mentioned that because Jim Beheim had a lot of his wins vacated as well. Does that matter? Like, do, do we look back at, at programs and, and for the sake of who's the greatest coach of all time, does it have to be just by the numbers or are people going to go, no, no, Beheim really won those games, Self what? really won those games, but the NCAA is going to make them take it away. Yeah, that's irrelevant to me. I mean, to me, well, first of all, there's no argument in college basketball who the greatest coach of all time is. It's John, it's John R. Wooden. It's, there's nobody in the rearview mirror. Okay. I mean, all the rat fans can sit there and argue him, but he's not. <laughs> I mean, let's just be real here. This guy had – look at the players he had on his team. What did he win last year? Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, it's not, it's K, not even close. had the best of the best for a generation. And he did not win to the volume that John Wooden did. I understand people say there's not a 64-team tournament when UCLA was winning. You know what? UCLA was annihilating teams in Final Fours and National Championships. All right, but that will have no bearing this year on Kansas, what's going on right now with Bill No, Self. none whatsoever. All right, so we'll get to I, I just, anytime I can rail against the rat, I always take the opportunity. <laughs> Let's get to your uh, top eight here in college football. In the playoff, obviously, uh, we had our first uh, – the uh, CFP came out yesterday with our, our first look at who we've gotten there. I think there were some surprises here. When you look at the top eight, with Tennessee at one, Ohio State at two, and I think the surprise nationally is that Georgia was three with Clemson at four. What do you make of the first release here? And again, people say, well, it doesn't really matter. It does matter if teams went out, because this is kind of the starting point now to determine who's going to be the, the last four standing. Yeah, possibly. Look, I think it matters if you're in the back of the pack. This is like a NASCAR race, right? Yep. Like if you're somewhere in 5 through 12, you're a little bit more concerned. Uh, I think they got it right with Tennessee. There's no question in my opinion that based on the body of work so far, Tennessee should be the number one team. That's clear cut. I think Ohio State got the edge simply because 
Uh, they beat Penn State and Notre Dame, whereas Georgia has that dominant win against Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know any other games on the schedule. They've been dominant. And then the other thing you'd point out, too, that's slightly flawed with Georgia is the game against Missouri. They struggled in that game. Uh, yeah. That, that, I mean, that was a fourth-quarter barn burner. You, if you're Georgia, there's just no way you should be going down to the wire that against was... a team like that. Um, you know, to me, when you look at these teams right now, I, I think there's a clear point of demarcation between one, two, and three and everybody else. Uh Clemson, I'm a little bit surprised, but then again, Michigan has played the most horrific schedule. Your boy Jim Beheim would be proud of the Michigan non-conference schedule. Rack him up, Jimmy. UConn, uh, Hawaii, Colorado State. <laughs> What's the matter? New Mexico State wasn't available. They had a scheduling conflict. Good, solid uh, wins I mean, for Harbs. I mean, and then, you know, I look at Alabama, and they had the win against Texas, but I think the luster has come off of that a little bit, right? They lose that game up in Lubbock. Um, Texas may not be quite as good as people thought they were. Mm-hmm. I think TC deserves some credit. I know they played some tight, tough games, but at the end of the day, the objective is to win football games, and they've done it. Oregon really getting a lot of respect for that win against UCLA, and then, of course, uh, the performance that they've had so far outside of the Georgia game. So I don't have much issue with the, with the way that things are. I would say this, though. I would have put USC, even though they don't have a quality mm. win, ahead of Oregon because they're a two-point conversion away from being undefeated. Well, I'm glad you brought up uh, SC and the Pac-12 at large because I'm looking at Oregon at eight, and the reason why we bring this up today is when you look at the futures market here, yes, you're going to see the odds to win the national championship, but what I think you're really trying to do here, and we've talked about it a lot on Big Bets, is if you're taking a longer shot, you're almost just figuring out if there's a way to position to hedge, right, by taking one of those longer numbers. Is the Pac-12 live? Is the Pac-12, if you like either an Oregon, or an SC, or maybe even a UCLA. I don't think two, two loss Utah can really fit in that equation. No, they're done. But it, can any of those one-loss schools realistically maneuver their way here through this, run the gauntlet, and get to the, uh, the first four in? I think the best shot is USC. And the reason is because the Trojans have a one-point loss at a tough place to play, in my opinion, one of the top ten most difficult places in college football to play in Rice-Eccles. Because Utah is usually good. They've got the elevation about 3,300 feet there. They're a solid team. But what hurts Oregon is, Dave, they got beat by 3 million points. And that's the problem. The, the, right? like the aesthetics of it. It just yeah. didn't look pretty. Exactly. Now, they're a far better team than they were, and it was hard. Dan Lanning takes over first game. I know they're not calling it a home game. They're calling it a neutral site game. Come on. It, it would literally be like playing Alabama and Birmingham playing LSU at the Superdome. Right. I mean, this is just a joke to me. It's like when you, whenever you used to play, when the Big 12 tournament is that Kemper or what, the old Kemper Sprint Center, I'm like, <laughs> why would we just play? What, what happened? The field house, the fog wasn't available? Is that why we're playing here? I mean, it's like, give me a break. But all I'm saying, I think SC could be the one team. Here's what hurts um, the Pac-12 is the perception of the SEC. Because even if Tennessee loses on Saturday, I think Tennessee may get into the playoff by virtue of the win over Alabama if Georgia beats Alabama. Or if Bama beats Georgia, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But we know the winner of the SEC is going to get in, and a potential, if Georgia were to lose that game, they could get in. So I'm not sure the Pac-12 gets in. So you think the committee at the end of the day could take a two-loss SEC school, one of the top three, either being Georgia, Tennessee, or Alabama, versus a one-loss uh, Pac-12 champion. Is that is that a possibility? Yeah, because when you look at the Pac-12, who's the best win that the league has? Florida beats Utah. Oregon gets crushed that, by that Georgia. Hurts. That Florida uh, beating Utah really hurts the conference. Big time, big time. And so, 
you're in a situation where it's hard to it's hard to hang your hat on some. Remember, Michigan opted out of the game against uh, UCLA this year. Yeah, right. They paid a million and a half dollars last year to opt out of it. So, um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a very very difficult scenario. They need Clemson to lose. To me, Clemson is the wild card. This is fascinating. So again, when you look at those futures board, we'll talk a lot about it in the coming weeks as well. You're trying to find those pathways to circumvent the uh, logjam there and get into the college football playoff. When we come back. Going to go up to Wisconsin, catch up with, with our guy Steve Mackinnon, talk all his numbers at East Season College and Pro Football for this week, and maybe some plays that might associate with them. Come on back. It is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of Eastern Big Bets is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, the surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Most nicotine products are either too complicated to use or don't provide the satisfaction that you're looking for, but Zen Nicotine Pouches might surprise you. Zen is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco leaf free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. So buy Zen online or find a store near you at zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com today. Back alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here. It is always a pleasure on a Wednesday to go up to Wisconsin, catch up with our guy, Steve Mack, and of course our VEASAN editor here, talk about his numbers that he sees for the NFL and college football. But before we do that, Steve, I got to ask you, are they just playing Aaron Rodgers at this point? They say, maybe we'll go get you a receiver in the draft. Maybe we'll go get you a receiver by the trade deadline. They never get him a receiver. What's going on in Green Bay, and are the Packer fans okay in the second half after the trade deadline? Uh, hey, you guys aren't buying into the Samari Toure help, like, <laughs> bandwagon here? Come on, let's go. The hype. Didn't you see that movie made on Sunday night? That's our new number one, apparently. I guess so. I just look at the Packers and I go, man, I don't know if it's going to be good enough to make a second half run. Obviously, juicy numbers out there in the futures market if you like the pack. But, boy, Steve, I thought, Amal, they were going to make some sort of move. Well, my question to Steve is, having been, having been an owner, been in the draft room, why the hell do you guys refuse to not draft a wide receiver in the first round since Javon Walker out of Florida State in 2002? It's sort of puzzling, Amal. And the, the interesting thing is they're, they're so protective of their draft picks Green Bay, and it's not like they hit 100% by any means when they're drafting. Right. So, I mean, you talk about a situation where yesterday apparently they were in the market for Claypool, and apparently it sounds like they offered a second round pick just like the Bears did, but the Bears or or the, uh, yeah, uh, the Steelers assumed that the Bears pick would be better than the Packers at the end of the season. So they didn't. So, why not throw in a six beyond that? You know, do what you can, or or, or maybe one down the road somewhere. Uh, I don't know. I, I believe they're too overprotective of, of their draft picks. And if you're hitting 100%, then great. Yeah, protect your picks. You're the best drafters in the league. But that that has not proven to be the case. No, it has. I'm looking right now. The the Packers are 7-1 to one right now to win the division. The Vikings, who also made a move getting TJ Hawkinson, a $9 favorite now to win that division. Boy, that that market just blew up in a hurry with the struggles of the Packers. I want to get to a couple things, Steve, that I saw. One that you tweeted today, because you're a good follow on Twitter, uh, shameless plug there at Steve Mackinnon. But you said there was some confusion on some of the systems you wrote about on VEASAN Live regarding NFL shutouts, and that the system says that teams that shut out in a game have bounced back well the following week, and maybe an applicable team this week could be the Raiders. Do you want to explain that for people that might have been confused by that? 
Yeah, so uh, I believe it was about a month ago, I published a article on VEASAN about uh, NFL systems based upon extreme uh, stat situations. Uh, obviously, getting shut out in the game is an extreme stat situation. How teams bounce back after these extreme stat situations. So, this, like you just mentioned, teams that get shut out in a game have bounced back nicely the next outing. 32-18-2 and two against the spread, 64%. Uh, back, going back about 10 years. So that does favor the Raiders uh, in their upcoming game here at Jacksonville. And uh, if you look at it, if they're shut out by a non-conference opponent, which is an, an adds a sort of a non-familiarity aspect to it, it goes to 7-0 and against the spread. So Raiders might be in good shape to bounce back this week uh, at Jacksonville. You mentioned that this team right now is it in terms of, is the record come into play in terms of how a team is performing? Because to me, at this point in time with the Raiders, man, it's just hard to back a team that seems disengaged. You go to New Orleans, you fly back to Vegas, now you got to go to Jacksonville. And I, I don't know, I didn't watch much of that game. But oh, they I look, did. They look Oof. lifeless in that game. I mean, and I get your point. I, I like the stats you're backing it up with. But, man, it, it, Steve and Dave, we're kind of coming to the point of the season where guys are like, eh, you know, I'm making business decisions at this point in time. You know, this is interesting because you, you, t- you think about uh, – the quality of the team that gets shut out in a game. I mean, typically that's not a good team. Right, I mean, exactly. In any case in the NFL. So uh, the the interesting thing about the Raiders situation is two weeks ago, maybe two or three weeks ago, we were reading articles uh, even on VEASAN itself about how, much, how the Raiders were deemed to be better than their record indicated uh, because of their yard per play stats were so good. Uh, they had played maybe a bit of a tougher schedule than a lot of teams. So it, and they have all these weapons on offense, and this that team was ready to explode. And they were—that's uh, what I was reading. So I wouldn't put too much into this one particular game. They were about to score at the end against the Saints. Uh, I know the rest of the game was sort of lifeless, and they had a bad plan. But uh, I wouldn't put too much into that. You know, he brings up a really good point. Steve does in terms of uh, yards per play and all that. That's why I don't get overwhelmed with in baseball. Everyone talks about run differential, Steve. I, I'm like, listen, remember that one game a couple of years ago? The Braves scored 29 runs. And they beat somebody like twenty nine to two. I'm like, great! You got a twenty seven run differential. That's that's the average of like, you know, thirteen, fourteen games right yeah. there. I mean, so for me, I, I thought Steve brought up a really good point that sometimes you get enamored with yards per play. You know what? Your yards per play might be high because you're putting up on the last drive, right? A, a six play, seventy five yard drive. All of a sudden, right there, you just average twelve plus yards per play and. Put yourself in a better position. Yeah, I'm with you guys. And again, I was one of those, Steve, that really did think the, the Raiders were about to turn the corner. I guess they went down the tunnel and the, the train started coming the other, not, not a light at the end of that tunnel. Conversely, you mentioned also that the Saints uh, might be a fade spot on Monday night against the Ravens. And right now I'm seeing here they're getting two and a half at home against the Ravens. The, the same, it's, it's applicable, right? That the Raiders, your numbers bear out that the, the team that gets shut out uh, normally bounces back, and maybe the team that did the shutout might struggle a little bit the next time out. Yeah, that record actually for the team that that had the sh- defensive shutout next game is eight eighteen and one against the spread, so just thirty one percent. So, uh, yeah, the the fact that New Orleans is playing again at home as a home underdog looks a little uh, almost trappish to this point, mm-hmm. almost as if uh, somebody knows the Ravens are. Uh, are probably in for a big game Monday night. Very quickly, uh, I did see, of course, if you're not a VEASAN Pro subscriber, what are you waiting for? Go to VEASAN.com to get all your numbers here. Talk about what you meant and, and what the, your uh, your writing is about home, real, true home field advantage and which teams are really 
uh, you can find a decided edge there versus others. Yeah, so I update this article uh, every year since I've been with Visa, and uh, what it it's it benefits me personally uh, when I build out my ratings, and it also benefits uh, Visa readers. They get to see which teams are performing best at home, and uh, next week I'll have the road uh, follow up feature. But what I like to do is I like to look at uh, the team's average power rating over the last three and a half years, the average power rating in the opponents they've played uh, over the, the three and a half seasons, and then compare that to the point differentials they had in those games. And it gives it gives an idea of how they were how much they were supposed to win by and how much they actually did win by. And when you combine all that, uh, you, you come up with a team that's either outperforming or underperforming at home. So I call it a true home field advantage rating. You know, right now when you look at some of these teams, the Buffalo Bills, to me, mm. uh, that's a team that's going to have a true home field advantage <laughs> when you get down at the end of the season. It'll be interesting to see how things play out here. But And Kansas sure. City, too. I think of those, and maybe that's why they're the power brokers in the AFC as well. The, the, the numbers bear it out, too. Yeah, absolutely. And we can't leave out the Philadelphia Eagles who dominated Minnesota on that uh, home game on Monday night. Very quickly, Steve, before we, I'll let you go for the day. Uh, your college, you did the same thing for college. Which teams there did you were you able to identify here for a true home field advantage? Okay, so when I go through this, uh, like if I, I I pull out this rating, this true home field rating. Now, what I I'm not going to go like let's, let's right now. James Madison has the highest true wow. home field rating over the last three and a half seasons, and obviously only this year has been played against FCS or FBS opponents, and they've done very well. But uh, some, so some of that includes FCS, so take it with a grain of salt, I guess. But their true home field advantage rating is 9.7 points. Now, I'm not going to go into my ratings and give James Madison 9.7 points every time I, I, I put up numbers here. So I, in, my, in the scale I'm using now, I found out that the average college uh, football home field advantage over the last three and a half seasons is about two and a half points. So I give James Madison about a point above that. So when I when I plug in my numbers, I give James Madison three and a half. The other teams you want to look out for in college football has been very good uh, at home with its true home field advantage rating. Tulane, Ohio State, Louisville, and Wake Forest round out the top five. Tulane. I mean, we got to get that to Sean King ASAP because the green wave, baby, it's been a resurgence down there. Hey, Steve, great numbers as always. And, again, uh, everybody go to VEASAN.com as a VEASAN Pro subscriber, and you get access to all of it. Appreciate your time and information as always, my friend. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks there for having is, me. everybody. Steve McEnany. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Steve McEnany. And I like that he put that out there in Twitter too. Hey, if it's confusing, yeah. let me explain to you exactly uh, how he's breaking down these numbers here uh, to get where he's going with the Raiders this week as an actionable play here after being shut out and maybe why you might want to uh, fade the Ravens, or excuse me, fade the Saints on Monday night. Very quickly, we just saw something. Who should be the starting running back in Dallas? Yes. Uh, it's Two it's, of them said Elliott and one said Pollard. The two that said Elliott are correct. Oh. <laughs> well, we, we can talk about that another time. When we come back, let's talk a little Champions League and see if you have your eye on any soccer prizes today. Come on back. It's Big Bets here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Fall sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, basketball, or baseball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance Bet, Friday Night College Football Bet, plus get Sunday Football Parlay Insurance and more. Head to BetRivers.com. Download the Bet Rivers app today. It is a whole new ballgame. Back alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here. This is Big Bets. All I was getting at with the Ezekiel Elliott thing was, look, it's a two-headed monster here. You got to run Zeke early so that Pollard, after Zeke kind of beats up that D-line a little bit, then Pollard can run free. Look, Cowboy fans are a little bit upset today. They didn't make any moves at the trade deadline, kind of like the Packers. I know we'll get to the futures market a little bit uh, later on with win total Wednesdays, but very quickly, with Zeke back and healthy, the Cowboys, I think, are looking, once we get all of the players back, Michael Gallup, everybody back in full swing, they didn't need to go make a, a move at the trade deadline. Do you buy that rationale? Do the, are the Cowboys good enough, as is, to make a deep run in the postseason? You know, you, I, I think they're pretty good. And the way Dak played on Sunday, you feel confident about this team. And I know Philadelphia is playing extremely well, but the one thing I would push back on is, and I get you play who's on your schedule. But to me, if you were to play an upper echelon elite team, and I know the Vikings have just a singular loss, but I don't necessarily view them that way. And, you know, the odds makers have them as the fourth choice right now to come out of the NFC. So it should tell you a little bit about how they're viewed. Uh, I, I think Dallas is in a position I, I, to be able to win this conference. They're, they're very good. Michael Parsons is an elite-level player. We saw the difference he made just in that Lions game, mm-hmm. right? He chases down. Was that Hawkinson, I yes. think? Next play, uh, they fumbled the ball with Williams, I believe. On the one-yard line. Yeah, and so this is a uh, team that is really poised to do well. And they've got – I like the combination they have at running back with Zeke and with uh, Pollard. Absolutely. Uh, you know, change of pace and, and Zeke kind of the battering ram. Uh, you got Gallup back in there healthy. Uh, C.D. Lamb, if he can hold on to the ball, they're going to be pretty good. Again, plus 550 for the Cowboys to win the NFC. Uh, and again, you look at some of the teams that are ahead of them in the betting market, the Niners at 5-1, to one, and of course the Eagles, the short favorite here, uh, inside of $2, plus $1.75 right now. Those teams did make moves, right? The Eagles made a significant move to get a, a pass rusher. The Niners made the first splash with CMC coming over from Carolina. So the reason why I bring this up is the Vikings made the big move to get Hawkinson out of Detroit, right? They're the fourth betting favorite at 7-1. to one, uh, seven to one. Buccaneers didn't really do anything. The Rams haven't done anything, and the Packers didn't do anything. We talk about demarcation lines. I wonder if that's where we start. Are, are we really writing off for the rest of this season, say, teams like the Packers, the Buccaneers in the NFC, as they just don't have enough to get it done? Well, I think the reality of it is nobody wants to call out what Tom Brady is anymore, which Ooh. is a shell of himself. And, I mean, I mean, do you have any confidence that he's going to be able to lead this team? They've had injuries on the offensive line. They've had inconsistent play at the wide receiver position, not to mention with injuries as well. But Brady has not looked good. They have not looked good as a team. I thought the defense has been solid up until that game against Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. But, you know, Jackson's a guy that can present a lot of problems to anybody. Yeah, Chiefs uh, ran, him, uh, ran that defense rough shot, and so did the Ravens there. So, again, with the, with the trade deadline come and gone, there's really only one other big name out there that you could possibly get now. And I don't know if he's still a big name to you. It's Odell Beckham Jr. And the other one is, just going to throw it out there, Rob Gronkowski. If the Buccaneers are going to make some sort of move, those are only the two big fish left out there. If you really think they can still help out your football teams, those guys could be eligible at some point if you want to try to get them on before you make a postseason run. Are they going to play quarterback or offensive line? 
Not to my knowledge. Okay. Then, well, I don't, th- I don't think there's a chance Gronk is coming back. And I don't think OBJ is as good as we thought on that November 23rd, 2014 night. He, he was a great talent, and he had a few good years. But if you were an elite, elite receiver, you'd be on a team. You wouldn't be on the sidelines hoping somebody takes you. And he's sitting there like he's like, you know, uh, LeBron trying to pick and choose which team he's going to go to. You're not LeBron's talent. Not you, anymore. You have talent, but you're not at that level. And you're coming off an ACL, right? So, again, yeah. when he's eligible to come back, you know, once you get past that one-year threshold there with the knee – what type of player is Odell Beckham Jr. going to be? Look, we were asking those questions before he had the ACL last year in the Super Bowl. He did help out the Rams. There's no denying that last year. So, really, it looks like those fish in the sea are starting to get gobbled up, and uh, they might not be any left. These are your football teams going forward. Let's talk about a different style of football. That would be Champions League action. And I want to get to your thoughts if there's any plays today in any of the matches that you see that potentially you think there's some value on. Yeah, a couple of matches I'm looking at. One, potentially the under in Man City and Sevilla. And this one, Man City's probably going to shake up their lineup. They've moved on to the next round in the knockout stage here. And Pep Guardiola's team really looked worn down over the weekend, taking on Leicester City with that 1-0 win. So I expect to see some of the usual suspects. You, you may or may not. I have not seen the lineup yet because the games don't go now for an hour and 10 minutes instead of the, the earlier start time that we're used to at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific. So um, that's one I would potentially look at the under, especially if you get a 3.5 there. That's a great number. I would take a shot with the under there. And then another one that I was looking at right now is Benfica and uh, Maccabi, uh, Maccabi Haifa. Uh, I like Benfica in this one here. This has been a very solid squad. Uh, this team has done a really nice job. They beat uh, Haifa earlier uh, this season when these two teams matched up. Uh, the, per- the Portuguese side, to me, is not a bad price when you look at this one. Uh, right around $1.50 or so here. I like them in this one as they're taking on uh, Haifa in Israel in this one. All right, so that is your Champions League schedule and some of the numbers associated with and Amal's uh, thoughts on those matches. I want to get back to the NFL very quickly because yeah. we do have news out of Cleveland. Of course, they got the big win on Monday night when they beat the Cincinnati Bengals. The GM there, Andrew Barry, says he does expect Deshaun Watson to play Week 13 against the Texans. And the right. reason why I bring that up is I look at some of the win totals for some of these teams. We just talked about the NFC, the futures market there. The win total right now for the Browns going forward if you like them over seven and a half wins, it's it's even money. A minus dollar ten, uh, juiced either way here. Under seven and a half, minus dollar ten. There, they already have right now. They've got three wins. So if you want to play over, you got to get eight. Do you see five wins? And again, if the GM is correct, that means you've got to go three more games with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback at the Fish, at Orchard Park. Oh boy, and then you got the Buccaneers coming to town. You're going to be big dogs in two of those three. That's for sure. And the third one could be close to a pick depending on what the Buccaneers look like. I, I think they can get there. Um, now, here's the thing. It's not because of Deshaun Watson or an indictment of Jacoby Brissett. Just a real quick rundown of the schedule. They've got the bye week at Miami, at Buffalo, Tampa, you mentioned, at Texans, at Bengals, Ravens, Saints, Commanders, and uh, Steelers. To me, they can beat the Texans on the road. They can beat the Saints at home. They can beat the Commanders on the road, and they can beat the Steelers. Now, can they get one win against the Dolphins, Bills, Buccaneers, Bengals, and Ravens? That's what it would come down to. And, again, you would have only those three other games because if we're perceiving this to be an upgraded quarterback, we don't know what Deshaun's going to look like with all this time off. But, you know, Brissett, he's already said, look, 
I'm going to play. I'm going to be the starter until they tell me I'm not the starter anymore. Good I'm answer. Gonna, I'm going to enjoy it as much as I can. It yeah. looks like he actually is enjoying the moment, but he's going to lose his job week 13, this according to the GM. Yeah, that's fine. And look, I, I think he's handled the, I, I love the response he gave there, what you said. But, you know, the one thing I would caution on this over with the Browns, if you're going to take it over, and I would go towards the under here now that I think about it, mm. because that game against Pittsburgh in week 18, yeah, I understand it's a rivalry and you, you potentially get up for the game, but Dave, I got to tell you, if the Browns are not getting into the postseason, they got no shot of making a wild card. Are we really going to see Miles Garrett? Are you going to really see Denzel Ward? Mm. Are you really going to see Nick Chubb unless he's trying to get to 1,000 yards or a rushing title or something like that? I think if you're the Browns, you're not going to play guys in that spot, and I, it's a much more difficult situation, whereas Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett, you're going to try and do what you can. So I would just err on the side of caution, and I, I would go towards the under because they've got back-to-back tough road games. Uh, I would look under 7.5 here. Yeah, I, I'm, that's the way I would lean, too, because, again, you've got to win five more games here out there if you want to back the Browns now here in the adjusted win total. Very quickly, the team they beat on Monday night, and now there's a lot of questions about Joe Burrow and the offense of the Cincinnati Bengals. Again, they could just could not run the football at all. How about this? Nine is their total now. And remember, they got off on a terrible foot here to begin the season, lost the first two. Felt like they righted the ship with four to five wins before – the the, uh, the awful display on Monday Night Football. Is this a 10-win football team at this juncture? Because I don't think I'm seeing this 4-4 four and four here, uh, you know, with still the majority of the season to play. But are they going to win six of their, of their remaining games to get over that total of nine? Well, first of all, they've got to play at Tampa. They've got the Chiefs at home, Buffalo at, at home, and the Ravens at home. Just on that schedule alone, that's challenging. Mm. Um, you know, look, they'll get. I think they'll get revenge against the Browns. I, I said this to you this past week when we were talking about this game on Monday, I said, look, Cincinnati is a team. They're like an ACC team, right? Because they won the AFC last year. You think they're better than they really are. They're not that good. I I, I told you, Clemson plays in that Bernie Madoff division. They're not that good in that conference. It's the same thing with the Bengals. They got fortunate. They go on the road. And I shouldn't say fortunate. They played well, but they won against Kansas City. And if you're the Chiefs, you're looking back going, man, we left a ring on the table. Um, this team is who they are. They were an average team or better than average team, but a good team, not a great team last year during the regular season. Now, all of a sudden, everybody wants to anoint them like the second coming. And remember, you're without one of the top five receivers in the league. Yeah, it's a good point. They played very mediocre football, and they caught fire late in the year and, of course, carried it over with defense and special teams to get all the way to the Super Bowl. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk all things World Series, getting ready for game four tonight. Come on back. It's VEASAN Big Bets. VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.